Welcome everyone to Scaring Sam. I'm James Reese, And I'm Sam Difford. And today we are discussing Curse of Chucky. 2013. Yes, sorry. <laughs> we decided to choose this film as it's linked to one of my childhood fears. I remember being very young with a group of older kids and I was trying to be grown up and not scared and I couldn't watch the film anymore. Um... I'm not entirely sure which Chucky I was watching at that point, Um, but all I remember was being scared and the room that we were in, the girl had lots of dolls, so then I just automatically had a fear of dolls. How many dolls? I don't know. There was a few. (laughs) Okay, so what year was this, roughly? Um, Well, what age would you have been? I think maybe somewhere around seven or eight. Right, so... So I'm quite young at this point to be watching a horror film. True, but I'm just trying to work out which Chucky film it would have been. Yeah, I don't know. So either Charles played one or two. There couldn't have been any of the later ones. Anyway, um, we watched Curse of Chucky because it's supposed to be a return to its horror roots after a couple of, of the comedy horrors that came before it. And... Basically, Sam has this very weird immunity to 80s horror. <laughs> so I thought we wouldn't get the right effect watching it. Warning! We can assume that you may have seen this film already. Uh, but if you haven't, then there are many, many spoilers ahead. Alright, let's recap this movie. A good guy, though, is mysteriously delivered to the family home of paraplegic Nika, played by Fiona Dourif. That night, Nika finds her mum dead from a self-inflicted stab wound. The next day, Nika's older sister Barb arrives with her family, husband Ian, their young daughter Alice, hot nanny Jill, They're also accompanied by Father Frank, a priest who came to console the grieving family. That night, everyone sits down and eats chilli, unbeknown to them that Chucky is playing a game of Russian roulette, pouring rat poison into one of the bowls. Father Frank is the unfortunate victim, leaving when he starts to feel the effects from the rat poison. Emergency services arrive at a car accident, where they find Father Frank, neck pinned by his car roof. When firefighters intervene, they unintentionally sever his head. Back at the house, after everyone goes to their room, Nika begins to suspect Chucky when she researches previous murders connected to the dough. In Alice's room, Nanny Jill is electrocuted by Chucky causing a blackout. Barb finds Chucky at the foot of the stairs leading to the loft. Thinking Alice may be up there, she picks up Chucky and heads up in search for her. Meanwhile, with the elevator down, Nika is forced to climb the stairs to warn her sister. Barb is viciously attacked by Chucky, gorging her eye out with a knife. Nika is too late and watches Barb's dead body fall down the stairs. Pursued by Chucky, Nika manages to warn a sceptical Ian. He wheels her out into the garage and heads back into the house to find Alice. 
now alone, Chucky locks himself in a car and attempts to kill Nika with carbon monoxide poisoning. She finds and attacks Chucky with a hatchet, only for Ian to return and suspect Nika to be the killer. He ties her up, only for Chucky to run him over with Nika's wheelchair and chopping his jaw off with a hatchet. Breaking free from her restraints, Nika attempts to survive Chucky's onslaught. Through flashbacks, Chucky reveals that when he was still human, he was a friend of the family who killed Nika's father after he became obsessed with her mother. Kidnapping her, Nika's mum rejects him and Chucky stabs her in the stomach while pregnant with Nika, which caused her to become paraplegic. Fleeing from the police, Chucky was shot dead, leading to the events of the first child's play. In the present, a police officer arrives at the scene, but suspects Nika to be the killer. Nika is found guilty of the murders and sent to an asylum. The arresting officer is later killed by Chucky's accomplice, Tiffany, and the doll is mailed off to his next victim. Alice, now living with her grandmother, finds Chucky, who persuades her to hide the soul. After the credits, which wasn't on the shitty Prime version of the movie, Chucky mails himself to the now grown-up Andy Barkley, who pulls a fast one on the doe, firing a shotgun in his face. End film. Okay, so Don Mancini was inspired by the story of a haunted doe named Robert, which allegedly mutilated toys, strangled a dog, and wanted to kill a ten-year-old. Yeah, lovely. The Good Guy doe itself was based on the Cabbage Patch Kids craze of the 80s, and the plot of the original Charles play wanted to explore the effects of advertising and television on children. And, ironically, angry parents protested that the film would incite violence in children. Because, you know, of course they would. A sentiment that would come back to haunt the Chucky franchise a few years down the line, which I'll get back to in a minute. So, Sam, what did you think of the film? Let's just start with that I am actually unimpressed by this film. Not really. I I generally thought I was going to be a bit more scared. Um, there were a few kind of jumping moments. Um, and I think there was one, like the jump right at the end. That was actually the biggest jump for me. Um, I found it a cheap jump scare, but... I guess it obviously had its effect. Maybe I'm just easily jumped. Well, no, that just... doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, you know me, because obviously I've seen enough horror films, I get a bit jump scare fatigued. And after what you start to get, you know, you just find them a bit cheap. Mm. You know, just still the director or the writers injecting enough tension or suspense, they rely on a quick jump scare part. I feel like most of the tension um, throughout the film was actually created by the music, not what was happening on screen, Um, which I think generally in a lot of horror films, for me personally, if you take the music out, um, it's not as scary, is it? But at at the start, I was feeling a little slightly kind of apprehensive and nervous about it. You did, um, you did react to the first sight of Chucky when he came out of the box. Oh, did I? Yeah, what did went, I do? You went, <laughs> <laughs> So we, we decided to watch this film um, 
James kindly decided to let us watch it during the daylight. <laughs> um, and then um, promised me that we'd watch something nice afterwards as well. Because... Oh, I already had two couple films already lined up to watch. <laughs> but I actually feel like I don't need to watch something nice now because the film wasn't actually that scary. We thought we were going to be watching some cheesy film. It's going um, to be a Disney film. Yeah, probably a Disney film. And here we are. Um, there was there was a few kind of classic horror um, moments in the film that I thought, like the lights going out and the phone going dead. Well, whether you want to call them <laughs> classic horror tropes or cliches, it's definitely got it. Yeah. Well, for starters, I like that it's set in this gothic home. And you've got the storm outside, you've got the blackouts, mm. you've got the phone lines going dead. And, yeah, it's cliche, but you've never seen that in a Chucky film before. And I kind of like that. I mean, you've already had, well, back in the day, in the 80s, there was a film set in the present. It was a modern-day horror. Like a one-bedroom apartment, single mum, I think it was Chicago. So a reasonably impoverished part of America. Mm. But now you've relocated it, you've gone back to these old horror tropes where it's dark, dingy, gothic home and now you've got this deranged killer doll. But to me that dark, dingy home is very cliché. I see it in a lot of um, horror films that I have seen. (laughs) It must be that bad then. (laughs) Maybe not all of them are actually classified as horror films but... (laughs) We're saying it's become such a cliché they're now using it not even in horror films. Yeah, I think so. So you wouldn't be interested to watch Woman in Black then? I've seen it. You've seen Woman in Black? With, with Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Yeah. All right, and what do you think of that? I can't remember. <laughs> I thought I'd be jumping in this room. I can't remember how I reacted, actually. Hmm. Probably worse, actually, to be honest. Maybe. Well, I didn't really react to this one too much. And I kept feeling a little bit annoyed that, well, all, all these years that I've been kind of making myself a little bit nervous about dolls and the Chucky films, not wanting to watch them again, um, because I was scared in that first first viewing. But now watching it, I was, there was nothing to be scared of. <laughs> and that is the point of this podcast. Because it is, to some extent, even though of course I'm not qualified, but it's exposure therapy. Mm. I'm trying to highlight to you how strong you actually are and not to be scared of these films. And there are gems to be enjoyed. Mm. You don't have to be scared. You can be, but that's only one of the thrills. But so you're saying that because you watch so many horror films that you're not... Um, you don't react as well to them. I'm desensitised. So why do you keep watching them? Because I'm trying to chase that thrill. Okay. It's like when you first first get to an amusement park and you want to go on the roller coasters, but first you have that anxiety. Mm. You have to physically force yourself to go on those first couple of rides and then that adrenaline kicks in and you want to keep on chasing that high. And now I've got to that point where I'm trying to chase that high once again. I'm trying to find that next horror film that actually genuinely scares me. Okay. 
but I want to, I don't know, I guess try to feel that thrill through you, through your, <laughs> through your experiences. Well, not on this film. <laughs> no. And I generally thought this would be a great way to start a podcast, actually get this fear of Chucky out of your system. And you weren't even that scared. No. It was just a couple of jump scares and most of it was anticipation. Yeah, it was a lot of anticipation. Um, I was a little bit... Well, I wasn't really expecting. When the priest died, (laughs) I wasn't quite expecting how that happened. Um, So obviously we find him in a car accident and... It looks weird though, doesn't it? The way his head is pinned. Yeah, so his head was pinned by parts of the car and then when they took it apart, his head then just rolled off. Um, yeah. I wasn't quite expecting that it because was a obviously, shower of blood, wasn't it? yeah, he was he was the one that was poisoned with the rat poison. So I was expecting him to just, you know, maybe drive into a tree or something like he, this. He did hit another person. You saw the other body on the ground. Oh, I completely missed that. <laughs> I was focusing just on where the priest was. Yeah, the, before they got to the priest, there was a car smashed up, and there was a body lying on the ground. Right, okay. So called the, called the accident. Well, you see how focused I am on trying to figure out what's happening to certain characters that I completely miss somewhere so in the background. what did you think he hit then to cause his head to be pinned? I didn't know. We just thought he just crashed into Zoe. Yeah, hmm. I, I wasn't sure on what he crashed into. Um, yeah, other than that, But you... it wasn't particularly gory though, was it? It wasn't... They reserved it for Chucky's kills, but... They weren't elaborate as some kills you see these days. Mm. I mean, some films, they excessively go for the gory kill, the memorable kill. And these ones are kind of tame. Mm. I mean, it felt like they were intentionally holding back. Mm. There, there was a point, I remember the, um, there was a point in the film when I asked you the rating. And I wasn't expecting you to say that it was a rated 18. That's what Prime says. I would have to double check it on IMDb. Mm. But it doesn't feel like an 18. No, it definitely, for me, it definitely didn't feel like an 18. I remember when um, when I was around 18, actually, when things were rated 18, I didn't want to watch them. I knew I was going to get scared. Even back then? Yeah. I was chasing that. Oh, I no. think I, by the time I was 15, I was, like, I was looking to watch those films. Because mm. for so long, I was bred into me that Alien was unbelievably terrifying, and even Predator. <laughs> and we had Predator at home on VHS, and mm. it was the big glowing red 18 rating. But when mum and dad weren't away, I started to force myself to watch these films. Mm. And Predator is one of the most amazing action films going. It's just gory more than scary. Yeah. And that does have memorable kills. Mm. But so... Along along with it not feeling like an 18-rated film, um, also the animation in it for Chucky, there were several points in it where the CGI wasn't quite that good. It was glaring in one particular scene. Yeah, and it's it's moments like that, and it's like in, in the older in the older like 80s films, that it kind of makes me laugh a little bit because it's not realistic. Pulls you out of it, back into reality. Takes you out of the scares because you're watching something fake. Mm. And But I enjoy it with the 80s films because they use more practical effects. So at least that stuff was on screen. 
actors could interact with it. Yeah, definitely. And some, you had some great practical effects artists like Bob Boutine and Stan Winston. All these ones were creating amazing special effects, which were just there. You could see them on the screen with mm. a natural light and everything. And I find it these days with CGI, especially when you compare Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, how much better a film from 93 holds up better than if you watch the Chris Pratt films where you've got him riding motorbikes with Velociraptors. See, see now. <laughs> You're dissing some of the films that I like. No, I love Jurassic Park. I do not like Jurassic World. But I, I love them for different reasons. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for horror. <laughs> I know, but it's, I know it's off topic, but that's what I'm saying. When horror films rely more on CGI than practical effects, mm. that's what pulls me out of the experience. When I can see it's this god-awful CGI which is going to date worse in a couple of years' time compared to a film which is 30 yeah, years I old get what you mean. and still holds up. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this was shot in 2013, so and we're now in 2020, aren't we? So things are a little bit more progressed with CGI nowadays. Um, so maybe it's a little bit more obvious to us. So, yeah, that's my point. It's, mm. CGI is progressing all the time, that... Films just a couple of years ago, or a few years ago, are going to look so much more dated. Then say if you watch John Carpenter's The Thing from 82, that still holds up. Mm. Compared to if you watch the prequel slash remake of it, with that god-awful CGI, and that looks terrible already. And that was what? Ten, nine years ago that film came out? But here's what I like about the film. You reacted more in the first 45 minutes before even Chucky uttered a word. When it was the build-up. Yeah, because it's the anticipation, isn't it? Yeah, and even though there was a couple of cliches, like the bathroom scene and you had the drawn shower curtain. Could you... Wait, that, but that is one of my fears in real life um, that I think has come from a horror film at some point down the line. Um, or maybe not even a horror film. It, it might have been just like a TV programme that had a scary... Seeing in it or something. Well, isn't it cliche um, scare? Obviously, they've used it so many times. Yeah, it is. It is a cliche scare, but. Um, well, it's why it works for you. It is because every time I go into a bathroom, if there is a shower curtain, I have to draw this shower curtain before anything happens. Like the lights coming on, I'm I'm looking behind the shower curtain. Um, I also don't like mirrors in the bathroom either because that's. That's a very big cliche, isn't it? Well, the um, monster behind the person. The, yeah. The, the Bloody Mary fear. Well, it's, it's just something appearing. It's the unknown, I think, that is my biggest my biggest fear. It's just something's going to pop up. Well, maybe you should watch Candyman. And that involves a lot of mirrors. Mm, I want to say no. <laughs> well, the remake should be coming out eventually, hopefully this year. <laughs> Freaking upstairs. <laughs> so another thing I like about this film is that it has, which I guess has become a cliche itself, I'm saying cliche a lot in this, mm. is the waspish, well-to-do, rich family who live in the big mansion, but all horrible people and they hate each other. Mm. Well, Nika's probably the most sound of them. She's probably, obviously, she's the most likeable one because she's the final girl. But then you've got her mum 
who's basically knocking her down the second we see her, telling her that the delivery guy isn't interested in her. And then you see the rest of the family, and Barb is just completely resentful for all the attention Nika got growing up, for being paraplegic. You've got her estranged husband, who clearly is flirting with the nanny right in front of her. But, oh, surprise, Barb is the one who's having an affair with the nanny. So they're all generally detestable people. Barb is trying to sell off the family home the second her mum is killed, just so she can get half the money and ship off Nika to a care home. And, yeah, I kind of like I like that dynamic in a film. You don't have to like the characters to enjoy watching them. Yeah, there's a good degree of tension and drama when you've got all these people just generally hating each other. Mm. And then they start getting killed off. And I guess the downside of that is that you don't particularly care that they're being killed off. But you just want to, I guess, enjoy seeing how elaborate Chucky is going to dispatch them all. Yeah, so part of um, watching this film, I did keep questioning how people were going to be killed. Um, and, yeah, so when I when I watch films, I do mostly connect with characters. You, you start feeling something for a character, don't you? Um, but not with this film. I didn't really um, get involved with any of the characters and feel sorry for them, in a way. Um... I guess you can feel sorry for Nika because of her circumstances. When it's revealed that Chucky, while we were still Charles Lee Ray, stabbed her in the womb and made her paraplegic. But she would be the only one. Yeah, that's why she's the final girl. She's the only one Mm. you really do care about. And I think she does make for a good final girl when she starts to fight back. She's and she is the only one that fights back. Well, yeah, everyone else... Freezes. They free... They they can't really fight back, can they? Because before they know it, Chucky's already in their face. Mm. But when you think about it, so we're just being a bit realistic here. So someone's coming at you with a knife. Do you freeze? What do you do? Well... You can't really ask that question until it happens to you. But you like to think you're going to defend yourself or if you can, you're going to run. Yeah. But what are you going to do if a doll has come to life and he's charging at you with a knife? Are you going to freak out or have you become so desensitised watching these films that... Mm. I think someone who watches horror films would react better because they've experienced seeing Mm. killer dolls coming at them. But then the section where... I've forgotten his name. What's his name? Who? The dad. Oh, Ian. So the section where Ian gets knocked over by oh. Chucky pushing... Nika. Nika, yeah. Um, well, how has he got, over, doesn't Yeah, so how has he got all of this strength to be able to flip Ian over? And Ian doesn't even attempt to stop Nika... Yeah. In the wheelchair. And within seconds later, Nika is knocking Chucky's head off with a... Was it even with a weapon or was it just with her own hands? Like no, it's with an axe. Oh, with a hatchet. The little axe. Yeah. And she knocked his head off. Yeah, and it came clean off, didn't yeah. it? it? There was... So he's still 
got the consistencies of a normal doe. Mm. Yeah, so there's a plot holes. But again, that was the second half of the film. So you can't... You, for a Chucky film, the first half where Chucky is still pretending to be a doe is a whole Hitchcockian thing with us as the audience know that this good guy doe is possessed by a killer, but everyone else in the film doesn't know they're in a horror film, so they're just acting normal. But the first thing you do, if you're being realistic, you would do exactly what the mum did. You would put that good guy doe in the bin. So she was being smart. Except it then came back into the house. <laughs> well, she wasn't that smart. She left it in the bin. She didn't take it outside. Mm. So it did end up killing her. But she was being smart. To get rid of it because she didn't know where it came from. If I got a big package in the post, not knowing where it came from, and it was a creepy-ass ginger doe, that's going to go straight in the bin. You're not going to hesitate. <laughs> and in my case, it's not going straight in the bin. It's getting taken. <laughs> you're, going to, to... you're going to kill it with fire. Yeah, I'd be getting rid of it. 100%, one way or another. It's It's not... It's not coming in my house. It's not staying anywhere near me. <laughs> I do like Chucky's new design, though. Even though it's a slight tweak on the old design, it's just those little details when you got Alice, the little girl, who was a great child actress, hugs Chucky and his eyes dilate. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was that was really <laughs> strange, isn't it? <laughs> but it's just those little touches. And again, that is when Chucky isn't even utterly uttering a line. Hmm... He's just this, he's doing the old-fashioned child's play thing when he's running in the background. He sees little hands everywhere, his little movements with his eyes, and it's in that environment, that old gothic horror environment, it's effective. Mm. But then he comes, then he goes full swing and he's doing all the wisecracking. And it's not the best one-liners going either. And then you see him hacking and slashing and it it does lose something. I think that's when it lost you. I think for me, one of the highlights is Fiona Duroff playing Nika. I think she makes for a great final girl. She, from the start, you can see that she's suspicious of Chucky. You can see she builds upon that suspicion and she does her research. And she's well aware that something is going on long before any of the other family is aware. And she just comes across as very strong and resourceful, and really plays to her strengths. And, yeah, she has good pedigree because Brad Dourif, who voices Chucky, is her father. And you can really... Ah, she's just a really good final girl. Mm. I'd put her up there on one of my top ones with Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Do you think that's because no-one else, all the other victims in this film don't fight back and she is the only one that is fighting back yeah well yeah in defence of those other characters they're never really given a chance to fight back which of course really elevates her and her strength mm. but the way she plays even plays Niga from like the grieving of her family being killed off the way she just is sick and tired in the end of Chucky's shit. And she just starts fighting back and she starts wisecracking. And she even uses her psychology course, which she even abandoned at college, 
and starts using that to manipulate Chucky to get away from him at the end, it really does demonstrate how resourceful she is. But watching this franchise now, even this instalment, which harks back to the horror of the original Charles play, you can't really see how these films caused so much controversy when they came out. I mean, you had Charles play free, which allegedly from the British tabloids claiming this was the cause of two horrific murders in the UK. Mm. Notably, the Jamie Bolger case. When, I mean, I'm not going to go into details because it was more horrific than any of these films combined. Or any horror films I've seen, but when you've got these two little monsters who at age 11 became the youngest convicted murderers of the 20th century and then you had all the police researching and there was no real true connection to Charles Play Free being remotely involved. But even like the Merseyside police said, if you are going to link this murder to a film, you might as well link it to the railway children. And despite this, the mass hysteria and the moral panic the tabloids caused resulted in Charles Play Free being banned in the UK until 2002. And it's just that issue, isn't it? Of tabloids and the media always blaming horror films for causing violence in the real world. And even you, who you thought you was going to be terrified watching this film. Yeah. Because your memory of Chucky. And you watched it and in the end you weren't even phased. I was slightly unimpressed. <laughs> no, exactly. You weren't, you weren't scared. You weren't phased. You weren't, you were completely, let's just say, you were disappointed. Mm. And that just demonstrates that horror cannot cause any true event in the real world. It can't cause violence. It can't terrify people relentlessly. It's just absurd. I think it's, it's where your imagination can take things. And clearly it's the tabloid's imagination that they're accusing such films with a possessed killer doll mm. that it can cause these horrendous, horrific child murders you have to look at family situations you have to look at there are a lot of things to consider there's a lot of factors Mm. but one of the factors is you can't point your fingers at a horror film and have it banned that's not the solution so should we wrap this up yes so would we watch it again i personally wouldn't (laughs) and that's not because um of my fear of dolls from when i was younger but just because, and if you haven't guessed already, um, it just wasn't up to my expectations of scaring me. I generally thought I was going to get scared. Um, and yes, okay, there are a few moments where I jumped a little, but I, I was expecting a little bit more. You can't be reliant on cheap jump scares to get those effects. No. So what would you, what would you think then, James? Would you watch this one again? Well, I did have to watch it again for this research. For me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so personally, I enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. It's just a nice, chilled out, 90-minute horror film. You can sit back on a Friday night and just enjoy yourself. Would I recommend it? Yeah, probably. Certainly recommend it compared to the Charles Play remake, which is basically a remake of Toy Soldiers. So, final verdict. Sam not scared. And that's that. So you've been listening to Scaring Sam with... James. And Sam. And you can find us at Instagram and Twitter 
at ScaringSamPod. And you can contact us at ScaringSamPod at gmail.com. Stay safe out there tonight. God damn it, Sam. <laughs> Stay, Stay safe, safe out, out there, there tonight. tonight.